What's up, ladies? Oh, shit. I'm spilling shit over here. Uh-oh. Oh, there goes another computer. Oh, <laughs> that laptop is broke right now because After I got, got a new one. Like <laughs> and it's drip, 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 dripping uh. in the keyboard. Is that the motherboard? This is another episode of Decoding 40. This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Raw, making all your fantasies come true. This is L.O., live from BK, but residing in Harlem. What's up, it's your boy Vin, a.k.a. Vinny Pugazi, master of impressions. Yo, what's up, this is Hour, and I'm talking directly into the mic. Welcome to the stage, guys. <laughs> uh, I just do heroin. That sounds gross. Oh, y'all just trying to play me out. Oh, I'm being a packer. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another exciting episode of Decoding 40. My name is Mac Burnett, a.k.a. Mr. Brock, and I'm here with my main man. This is your boy L. Dot O. Dot, aka Victor Moan Jr. 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 What's up, it's your boy Vin in the building? <sighs> that was good. I like that. <laughs> this is our. I like that. So, what's going on in your lives, fellas? I will go first. Uh, first of all, I want to shout out everybody who reached out to me about my mom. Thank you so much. Um, there is absolutely nothing going on. I have checked out. We put mom to rest, and I am good. And thank you, everybody, for reaching out. There's nothing going on. I am literally chilling, kind of checked out, back to work. Um, I'm actually putting together a plan for the year um, that I probably should have done for New Year's, but I'm just putting a plan that together for the year of things that I want to get accomplished, things that I want to get done, my weight, my finances, my, excuse me, work, my career. But um, other than that, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all. That's about it. Okay. Nice. I'll go next. Well, I have finally taken a COVID test. Whoa. Past 65. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say you were patient zero? You were patient zero? Was no. It? First of all, I I took a home test, which is actually pretty good, smooth process. And I I really um I was trying to figure out who the marketing person is over there because I would love for them to sponsor and partner with us because I think I would be a good advocate for this testing system because it really worked. It was really fast. Although even waiting 24 hours is heart-wrenching. It's like it anxiety filled and it it harkened me back to when I took my first HIV test and I was so excited I was first of all I was on pins and needles waiting for the results because obviously I was out there raw dogging it and it was like all right um, maybe I should take a test and when I eventually got the results <laughs> and I did uh, you know I, was, I, I haven't I didn't have HIV I don't have HIV I was so excited. I was actually going to a club that night and I told the bouncer that I passed my AIDS test. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> and he was like, and he was like, $20. <laughs> Fuck, I need to know that shit for. He, he, he just patted me down like, like literally giving me the eyes like, you a stupid nigga. Like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> So um, I went upstairs and, and told just about every woman that I came in contact with that I'm HIV. You know I don't have AIDS, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, even the Jamaicans, they don't have the heavy girl. They don't have the HIV. I remember the first time I took an AIDS test, I thought I was going to die. I just knew I had AIDS. I you know what I'm I saying? Think, I think back then you, you had to wait like seven or 10 days. Yeah, right? it, was, it, was, it was at least... It was at least a week. It was like a it week. Was, I feel like it had to be a week. week because yeah, it had to be a week because that was like a Friday and Saturday that I went out. So it had to be the, the beginning of the week or early, the, late in the last uh, previous week. So 
seven days, you you're thinking about every bad decision yeah, you've nigga. ever made. <laughs> oh my god! And one night stands, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Right. Nothing happened. Right. Yeah, mm. yeah. I remember going back to the to the spot, and it was this black dude, and nigga was chewing gum. He's like, follow me, man. Come on. These <laughs> niggas start walking out of the hallway and shit. And then motherfucker talking to people. Hey, man, what's going on there? Hey, there, Joe. What's going on, man? Hey, there. Hey, Susie. Susie, look good, Susie. All right, man. Come on in here and have a seat. I was like, nigga, this is not a time for you to be talking to people. This is, and then, like, in your mind, I'm hearing the music. This nigga's gonna open up the folder. He's like, you have AIDS, nigga, you're dead. So, and then the motherfucker just opened up. He was like, all right, yeah, he's free, boy. You ain't got no AIDS, right? And so he's like, all right, so good, you know, thank God. He goes, uh, let me tell you how you get AIDS. This is what happens is when your dick is raw, and uh, does this dude have a formal title? AIDS <laughs> nigga, he's like the the counselor, I guess. The fucking dude, that, oh, you know. Okay. Like, yeah, the dude. No, nah, that's, 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 nah, that's just Willie. That's just Willie. <laughs> he's the nigga in the back. I'm the AIDS guy. Me. <laughs> he's the nigga in the back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you he, how you get AIDS, boy. Down, he's like, oh, Mister Perez, come on, let me let me talk to you for a second. You know how you a couple get it, people boy. called in, called out sick, so they uh, they said, <laughs> "Go ahead and fill it." You get it when you, you put it, in the, you put your dick in a pussy, and it gets on you. That's what happens. Then you got the AIDS. Is but that what he said? Never, no. Well, in so many words, he was like, "It happens when the white blood cells in the vagina." He, he was just like just talking to me, and I, I after he said I had passed, I stopped listening to this nigga. So he was just <laughs> talking. And I was just picking out words. And, you know how you get it, boy. You get it, that, that, that. And he was, yo, he was that dude saying hi to motherfuckers as we went down the hallway. Nigga, that shit is inappropriate right now. You, <laughs> you don't be, don't be. <laughs> you way too happy. You way too fucking happy, you son. Because when he see people. <laughs> listen. All right just, now. If you that listen, if you're that happy, then. I better have passed. Like, don't be that happy nigga and then tell me, oh, yeah, nigga, you got AIDS. Because I'll be, be thinking, hilarious, though. And oh. he just gets you in the room and be like, so how you feeling? Sit down. Yeah. Then he opened the folder. Oh, shit, man. Oh, shit, man. You got the AIDS. Oh, man, boy. Uh, you might want to Good luck, brother. Up. Good luck. Because we ain't got nothing for you, boy. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, really, like, I want to know who this person was. Jesus. I don't know who the fuck I don't who he was. He was the dude that gives you the results. <laughs> so, I guess he's a counselor. How do you know or he had the right results. Oh, see, here you go. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, I mean, you just said this dude. That I that just sounds random. Yeah, got the, well, you you go into the clinic and they call your name, and there's a dude with a folder or whatever. He he's, he comes and greets you. Hi, my name is whatever the fuck his name was. And he's walking down the hallway, and there's a long hallway to the room, and he's talking to people. Okay, thank hey, you. Guys, uh, hey. you. But yeah, what can... if it's just a random generic folder they just pick up? <laughs> <laughs> oh. What's your name? What's your name? Vincent? <laughs> oh, yeah. Perez. It doesn't, yeah, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter. Um, I think you're good. Um, I, possibly. Don't worry um, about it, bro. But, uh, you're good. Use yeah, but so, yeah, I took the test. Um, and it was, I, I was relieved, obviously. But I had really hadn't been in contact with anybody. So had I been positive for uh, COVID, I would have been tripping because it would have had to be either at Whole Foods or one of the uh, delivery people that come to my door. And thankfully, well, except for the Target people, thankfully the, the delivery people that come to my door are pretty much the same people. So I would have been easily able to kind of let them know, like, yo, you might want to get yourself tested. What made you get it in the uh, first place? Because my wife wasn't feeling well and she got tested. So it was like, I might as well get tested as well. Um, but she didn't test positive also. So we just wanted to be like, you know, sure and just, you know, be clear. And then also just, it's been a year of this going on and we hadn't been tested. So it just made sense that mm. we at least know what was going on. So did you get tested uh, for the antibodies? No, but the, the next test I think is that the antibodies <laughs> test that we will take. Um, uh, did, did they, did they test you for the new strain? 
You know, I got to look at the thing again. Oh, here's the well, funny I don't thing. Think it's a, I don't think it's a different test. I'm fucking with him. I'm just fucking. No, no, no. But <laughs> the funny thing is, when you look at the, the when you yeah, that new strain is sneaky. It probably the first thing you see is SARS, and I'm like, oh no, that's <laughs> SARS. <laughs> then I read a little bit further. It's just the explanation, but they. I'm going to tell them, this is my feedback. Don't put SARS so big when you don't have anything because you're just blowing the whole user experience. This nigga's like, this nigga's like, I dodged COVID, but I picked up some SARS. I got a side of SARS, nigga. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, um, we went up to Connecticut to uh, spend some time with some family. My wife's uh, eldest uncle passed away, so... We all got together and uh, watched the funeral um, via live stream, and it was it was a really uh, nice service. So, um, rest in peace to uh, Lindsay Herbert. Hey, thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this episode, and I'm sure you are, be sure to catch the guys for Decoding Forty After Dark every Monday night at 11 p.m. if you're on the East Coast, and 8 p.m. if you're on the West Coast. Streaming live on Facebook and YouTube. It's the same shit, just live. Decoding 40 after dark. The the good thing about it is that we were all together and we have a great way of keeping everyone's spirits up. And one of the things that we do is watch movies. So we watched a ton of movies. One of the movies that we watched was American Skin. And I was thinking I actually need to start doing a a, a segment of Ello's reviews of movies. Because uh, American Skin, if you have not seen it, I... Thoroughly, thoroughly recommend you uh, go see it because uh, or watch it. I um, forgot that I, it's on demand now. Yeah, it is. That's how we watched it. And uh, man, just the writing is is pretty crisp. It, it's a little preachy. It's like John Q, but I didn't like John Q because it's really preachy about the hospital system and the insurance system. But this is I was getting ready to call you on that because you 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 definitely fucking bash John Q. You and I went into John Q in, I think, 2018. Yeah, yeah. John Q is one of my most hated movies. This, on the other side, is like, I think it was responsibly done and, and well done and well written. So yeah, I, I recommend that. Watch... Th- okay, have you guys heard of this movie called The Hunt? No. No. Yeah. Did you watch it? I, I may have. I'm trying to recall. I remember the movie name title, though. This is an absolute must-see. Like, do not pass go. You have to watch this movie. It is a satire on the extreme left and extreme right and what is happening in terms of these um, conspiracy theories on social media. It is gory. Like, if you don't like gory movies, then I don't recommend you watch it because it is very gory. It is Tarantino-level maybe added a few ex- exponents uh, in terms of the goriness. Um, like realistic gore, like cartoonish gore. Because I, I see Tarantino gore. is like cartoonish. Okay. Did you see um, Reservoir Dogs as cartoonish? The level of gore? Yeah. I thought it was cartoonish. Uh, how about Kill Bill? <laughs> Absolutely. I, see, I think Tarantino is closer to realistic and I think Robbie gets is cartoonish. I think Rod Rodriguez takes they're, it. They're, they're, yeah. both, they're both similar. They both work they're in a similar... similar but I, I, didn't, I thought, what about The Departed? Uh, I didn't... Departed was it particularly gory? Was it no. particularly gory? It I wasn't really gory, but the way, the realistic way of the, the kill shot scenes. Yeah, I thought they were well done. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember it being particularly gory. Like, that's, I guess that's not the parts that I, re- I really remember. Okay. I'm not that not that it wasn't gory. Did y'all see the last Rambo? Like, y'all see the last Rambo movie? The last no, Rambo no. movie where they come to get the drug dealers come to get him. There was some gory like decapitation with shotgun scenes in that movie. Right. Like if you if you don't scene, like seeing Rambo. people get shot, don't watch this movie. Like hey, hey, so I'm, I'm was cool with that. Yeah. Hateful cartoons. But I, I just remember I just remember this. There was a, a, a there was a the a French film, I can't remember the name of it, but there was a scene in the French film where uh someone gets assaulted and gets beaten um to death with a uh, a fire extinguisher. That was gory. You mean at the Capitol. Oh, okay. 
I mean, because it went on. <laughs> it, it wasn't like not funny. January Brad, Brad. Oh, no, 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 no. That's <laughs> fucked up. No, 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 no. I mean, like somebody getting bludgeoned to death and like they're not stopping. Like they're they're showing like meat mm. flying. Yeah, I've seen it. Was, I've seen, it was, I see okay. shit like that. It's, it's not that bad. It's more. Okay, okay. Let me give you another example. Uh, American History X. When oh, um, he stepped on his. Oh, no. When he steps, when he steps on his head uh, on yeah. the sidewalk. Ooh, that. that yeah, so if that makes Martin? you cringe, then you watch it. That, that, that scene when I. When I it is. That is a tough scene. It was hardcore. That is hardcore. So uh, so we watched that and we watched a couple other movies. Um, but the one that actually I enjoyed without thinking I was going to enjoy it was the Lifetime movie of Salt and Pepper. Oh really? My God, I can't. I was like the fruity drink first, of I was the week award goes to. <laughs> but, so I'm watching Salt and Pepper, right? So we started doing a sample. <laughs> And then first we was wearing the next jacket. Give so people their respect, but I thought I'm only calling movie. this into question because it was on Lifetime. Yeah, That's the only yeah, reason exactly, why I'm questioning. Exactly. Like, I, w- I would have. If it never, was on BET, ever, if it was on BET, you get a pass, no problem. Like to me, BET is worse than Lifetime. <laughs> they're, equal, they're, equal, they're equally shit. But go well, on. Yeah. But I mean, like, well, well, did, did you guys see the new edition? That was the actually pretty good. It was I, really I, good. They did a that was the the best production BET has ever done. done. Yeah, I, I, okay. So you Bobby see what you was doing. That's the best that they've ever done. They've had ever. scores and scores of garbage over the last yes. couple of decades. Yes. Yeah. So um, <laughs> no, I, I thought they did, I thought they did pretty well. I would check it out based on your recommendation. It, I trust it's, it's, you. I was like working and doing some other stuff, and okay, if I'm keeping it real, I miss about. Maybe fifty percent of the uh, movie, but okay. So I no I longer don't... trust you. <laughs> so... I take it back. <laughs> Gave some the fifteen insight. minutes I watched was amazing. <laughs> I know it was between it the was. twenty minutes of commercial. Gave some insight into how how um so they pepper. dealt with stardom, how they dealt with being a duo, and I don't. Do you guys remember her being a jerk? Yes. N- I, me? How no. do we know that? Because there was no social media, but for because some reason, word of mouth. I always word of identified mouth. him as yeah. a jerk. Yeah, I agree with that. I never, I've never heard Herbie's voice. Oh yes, you did. I, I, I remember his voice. Yes, I, do I don't think I've ever heard him he talk. Used to be, no, he used to be I've on the radio. Heard, I've heard him on you know, on the radio, video, music box. Yeah, absolutely. He's yeah. on that. He's on that song. Salt and pepper's here, and we're in a fight. Right, right, right. No, right. Come on, no, y'all. But you mean talking? No, I, not. I mean, I mean talking, like right. interview, like. Hi, I'm Harry Lovebug. And it was just—I so have weird. no idea what he sounds like. like they made him like as bug. much as a jerk as I had remembered in my mind for him to be stealing their money and shit. Stealing a lot of their money. I know he was that. stealing the money. He was trying. He had uh, fallen into you know this this uh, uh, corporation that was trying to. I remember this though when they were trying to steal the name from them, and you know. What was he gonna come out with a second salt and pepper? I, I don't know who he was, but it was this guy who tried to pass off another duo as salt and pepper. Wow! And so it was like that type of stuff. I was like really interested. Be some fucking but, German, two German broads. Zayn, Eisen, salt and pepper. Yeah, salt and pepper. Salt's little sister been, uh, went to went to my high school. Really? And, oh yeah, she was like she was probably like two years older. And she was definitely in the popular crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if this guy was a drug dealer or not, a boyfriend, but he drove an Alfa Romeo. Yeah, he was a oh, drug dealer. That, that was a shit back in the day, though. He was yeah. a drug dealer. Yeah. That was a drug dealer's car. That was the, 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 yeah, the, the best car you could uh, have. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and a Dio, he had an Alfa Romeo and a Diamante. Oh yeah, my he was God. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely a drug dealer. He had two cars. Oh yeah, and yeah. Both yeah. Of them, you, couldn't, you couldn't pronounce in the hood. Yeah. You couldn't pronounce. And both of them What's stayed in diamant- the shop. What is a diamante? What's what is that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Diamante. Oh my god, I haven't heard that in a minute. They kind of they kind of look they kind of look like a tricked out Jetta. 
They got mm-hmm. that red. Yeah. They had that. They, they used to come in that red too. That mm-hmm. like cherry red. That was always nice. But they were shitty cars. What, what about oh, that yeah, Subaru XLS? Yeah. The one that was shaped like a that was shaped like on that like an arrowhead. My boy had. I loved that car. It's like my aunt Subaru. had one of those. And uh, it, it was, was like, I think XLS. Yeah, it was one of the first cars that had the digital uh, speedometer. Oh man, we used to. What I used was, to get this what, car. What car was it? The Subaru, the Subaru XL, I think it was XLS or I don't XLT, yeah, I don't remember the, the tag, but something yeah. like that. But it looked like an arrow. Like the front of it was like it, it was mm-hmm. the closest thing to a DeLorean, but not. It was like pointed in the front, and the back was square. Before yes. the Maxima had the square back, it was like had square back. It was pointed I in the front. I felt like I was a I'm superstar sorry. getting into that car. Word, my boy <laughs> had that car. We used to ride around. It's like yo, this is fire. <laughs> it was hot as shit. Yeah, back then <laughs> uh, you didn't have to have a fucking uh, 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 Mercedes. Know, Mercedes. You if you had a car, you was hot. If you yeah. just had a car, period. Like yo, if you had a Suzuki Samurai, you were doing it. Even though the one that would flip over, yeah, yeah, that was Don't actually take corners fast. But that was a Suzuki somersault. I don't know how many motherfuckers probably lost their shit going to Jones Beach trying to be fly, swerving in out of traffic. Screaming, being flung from the Jeep. EPMD was taking pictures in front of them shits and talking about them shits. Suzuki's Suzuki sidekick. And then the MPVs came in. Yeah. The MPVs, the MPVs were hot for a minute. Yeah. They were definitely yeah. hot for a minute. MPV yeah, was the, was the Range Rover for about two seconds. It was two seconds. It was the Range Rover. It's a drug dealer car. Because you can not only you can you can transport drugs, go to fly events, and uh, you know, go down Flatbush Avenue you on your on your time off and pick up customers and shit and make a little money. money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rumor Yo. has it that the original uh, fuck truck on wheels, actually. Mm, MPV. MPV. Uh, that's believable. Yeah. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Old man two-door uh, vans. The vans. Uh, sorry. The well, yeah, van. uh, original. <laughs> that's the fuck original. Truck. Fuck yeah, truck the, Scooby-Doo, the Scooby-Doo vans. Yeah. But for our generation, then it, it went to MPV. I used to take on the two middle seats and then make like a bed. And then fucking it. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> What's going on in your life, Vin? Jesus, really? Um, <laughs> it was like, I got to follow that up. It's like, I got to follow uh, that up. All of that <laughs> shit. Oh, my God. You know, give me a fucking break over here. Um, Nothing much, man. You know, everything is good right now. As much as I can say it's good. I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> it's good. Everything's I good. I have nothing. Sipping on a little 17, what is this, 92? Okay. It's very delicious. Amazing. What's up with you, Rick? Uh, I'm glad I'm going last because uh, it's, it's not good news. It's not good news. So uh, I don't know if you remember a few years ago. It's almost uh, five years ago now. A really good friend of mine died in the ghost ship fire in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. I remember that. Uh, I remember that. Uh, my boy Alex, you know. That's a cool uh, recipe. So there's been a trial for the guy who who owned or who was the was the master uh lease uh holder of of this building who built this thing out because he basically built a house of matchsticks and extension cords and mm. flammable material. And, you know, the, the the state has been trying to hold him accountable for this. And um, he just pled guilty to involuntary manslaughter of 36 people. And in the deal, he got 12 years. But he had been in jail for three years and they released him because of COVID concerns. So now that he's taken this deal, it seems like he's not going to go back to jail between the time served and good behavior, he may be out for good. So this probably be- being monitored and on probation or whatever, but he three may not years? go back to jail. Yeah. Three years and 36 bodies? Yeah. Wow. 36 yeah. people. I didn't know it was that many people in that fire, man. Yep. 36 people perished in that fire. And one person who survived who is disfigured for life. You know, it's it really it's just really fucked up because 
ah, there's no justice in this world sometimes. You, like, it makes you feel like there's no justice. There's no... Like, I don't think this guy should go to jail for the rest of his life. But if he spent every day of those 12 years in jail, I would have been satisfied. I would have been satisfied with with him having to pay for the shit that he contributed to. I would have been fine with that. But the idea that, you know, he is now he is now home with his wife and kids and my boy's uh, twin daughters are growing up without him. You know, they were four years old when he died. The age my daughter is right now. They were four years old when he died. It's horrible. They need to get that fucking guy and wrap him in some gauze, dip him in some fucking lighter fluid and throw him on fire. Fucking 36. He killed 36 people. He's responsible for 36 deaths. And he does three fucking years. Yep. That's repugnant. Come on, man. That's not justice. No. And, And it's not even a situation where like you didn't know. You were violated a couple of times by the city, city ordinances, and you're doing workarounds and you're bypassing safety regulations to make things work in this space. You knew what you were doing. Mm. What kind of space was it? Was it a was it like an artist loft type of situation or was it like an apartment building? It, it was a it was basically a two story warehouse that they built out into separate units. And then they had like one unit. That was uh, a rental space, like for for parties and events. But there were there were a lot of people living in this space that had their own little units. But they like built them out those, like wood, like one of those studio rooms in uh, Brooklyn. Yes, but not as not as well. Those the, the studios that we've been to like that, they they followed city regulations. Like you can see, like yeah. they're, the way that they're separated, the, how they're built out. I, I don't think that they were. Um, built out in the same way. You know, the crazy thing is, is that I was in, I was in the Bay a month before that happened. And we hung out a couple of nights that, that I was out there cause I was out there working and um, yeah, fuck. If that party happened a month early, I would have been there. Crazy. Shout out to Alex and everybody else who um, lost their life in that uh, yeah. unfortunate incident. Yeah. So that's, it's sort of been weighing heavy on me. The last couple of days, because I just, I, it's just like you know, you you want to think that this world can, this, oh, the justice system is actually working, but it's not really working. It just wants to close cases and move things along as quickly and and, and as fast as, as possible. And uh, yeah, this 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 was he a white guy? Yeah, mm. but a lot of white people died. It's not it's not like you know, it was just. I'm looking at his picture. You sure he's white? Died. He he might be. Latino, but he's like that. Yeah, white. He's like a white Mexican. If white, he's, white if he's, I don't think he's. I don't think he's Mexican. I don't know. I don't know what he is. His last name is Almina. White Tino. Yeah. White Tino. Yeah, he's from Argentina. Almina. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the uh, origin of Derek. Derek. I don't. Yeah, Derek Almina. Yeah, there's not too many Latino Dereks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call you. Hold up. I'm going to call him Derek. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, Derek, what does your mom call you? You know what I'm Jose. saying? Like, like, like <laughs> you can pass Jose, Juan. No, I'm going to call him Derek. The man Derek. Jeez, I forgot about this. I'm looking at the picture of the aftermath. I forgot about this story. Yeah. It's horrific, man. Yeah. Wow. Horrible way to go. Yeah, man. Although they did get him on record to plead guilty to every count so but it is unfortunate that uh the way the system runs some people get to dance through the loopholes some people get justice and some people get just us Hmm. that's what it is it makes you think like you know people who end up doing 20 years for selling a little bit of cocaine or a little bit of weed uh weed and you are responsible for for the deaths of 36 people and you just do three years and dance around. And you, and you hanging out with your kids and your wife. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. But anyway. Well, God bless all those, those families. Yeah. yeah, man. Shout out to all those families, man. 
Yo, this is Vincent, a.k.a. Many Voices. Hey, what's up? This is Alaric, and I'm speaking directly into the mic. This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rourke, making all your dreams come true. This is Hello. Thank you for listening to Decoding 40. Make sure that you follow us. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Do we tweet? A little bit. We tweet. We tweet. All right. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. No Snapchat at all. And go to www.decoding40.com. Make sure you sign up so you can keep following us. Thank you for listening to Code and Party, <laughs> goddammit. No. All right. Our next topic, we are going to be talking about racism and white privilege and white mediocrity. So I've been talking a lot in the last couple of weeks about white mediocrity, not because I hate white folks, just because I do think there's a double standard. And I think that a lot of white folks are able to coast on mediocrity. And I've been, you know, reading, started reading this book. I haven't really got into it called Mediocrity and and how hard people go, how hard this our, our culture and our society goes on the preservation, the preservation of white mediocrity and everything that surrounds that. So recently there was a bar owner in Staten Island, which is heavily Republican, a white guy, who ran over a police officer in his car while under the influence and either he will not be charged or he was charged and released. Um, and we know, I don't know how bad the officer was hurt. I hope the officer is all right. But we know if that was us, we would probably be under the jail for 15 years. We'd be dead. So, We'd be dead. We, yeah, as, or soon dead. As, we got, as soon as we got into the car and turned it on and put it in drive or the reverse lights would have, have lit up, they would have lit that car to fuck up. And that would have been the end of it. If first of all, if we even got into the car, we have first of all, we would have to already be in the car <laughs> to even oh, have wait. a chance here's, to start the motherfucker. Here's my question. I'm gonna spin it a little bit. Is the preservation of white mediocrity starting to break down as a rule? And the second part of that is: does does us being excellent, does black excellence overcome, overwrite? or counteract white mediocrity? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I think even white supremacy is still in full effect in this country. And white mediocrity is, is still going to be the rule of the land until that's dismantled. Because all that means is that you have to be connected to something larger. You have to be connected to something that existed before you. So that's how you have a George W. Bush, who was a C student, a business failure, but his father was already plugged into the system and was able to offer, uh, uh, you know, that, 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 that free ride, that nepotism. So those connections are never going to, those are not going to end. Those, those, those opportunities for, for people who aren't as talented, who aren't as smart, who aren't as, as savvy, as, as we all know, it's less about what you know and who, than who you know. And in and, and all of our industries, in, in all of our industries, we know people who aren't as good as we are, who are on platforms bigger than ours and and not because of their talent but because of who they're connected to and that's never going to go away unfortunately i don't want to take anything away from relationships but that has to me that has nothing to do with when we are excellent at what we do we like that whole concept my mother told me from real real little you got to be twice as good to get half as much i i took that to heart like i took that like super hard and i and i've always tried to be excellent in whatever I'm, whatever function I'm, I'm operating in. But like, to your point, I do think there are people that are, that are super like decent, passable, but they have the relationship. What I think is happening is this is, we're almost at the tipping point. I feel like we're headed towards the tipping point of, because 20, 30, 40 years ago, somebody realized it's not about black. It's not about white. It's about green. And I think that the, the the illusion of people having the complexion for the protection is starting to move away. And people are like, look, I just want the best person to do the job. I just want, I want to make the most money. I don't just like, I want to give the money to, to the person that's going to bring that money in. And I think, you know, or, or, or facilitate my needs. 
So I don't, you know, I think black excellence is starting to push against that mediocrity. And oh, by the way, I don't just think that it's black excellence, but I think it's global excellence because I think we're now also complete competing in a global market, right? Like outsourcing all of these other things, manufacturing overseas. I think we're competing with who can, who can build a better mousetrap, who can do the best job no matter where they are in the world. I don't, I don't think we're there yet. Do you think about the recent report that came out that suggested how much money the U.S. specifically is losing because of racism and because of all of these gates that are marginalizing p- particularly black people, but people of color? Un- until that financial pain resonates with white folk, we're still going to be in the same thing. And we're going to still have to fight. And your mother's still going to be right that we have to be twice as good to get half as much. But that doesn't say that we we can't, we, I'm talking about black folk, can't strive and, and evolve into a space where we get what we're entitled to based on our merit. But at the same time, we still have to play respectability politics and be professional. And I like, uh, I just read this and maybe somebody said, I can't even remember where it came from, but professionalism is essentially making white people feel comfortable in the space that they govern. So until we get the just do based on our, our, our grit, you're still going to have these merit, um, not meritocracies. You're going to still have these, uh, Exhibitions of nepotism occur in um, all these spaces of business, politics, finance that are going to hinder and create challenges for black folks. So I'm I'm optimistic in a way that there is a significant push against white supremacy. I, I just know that we have to do more of the yeoman's work in order to get more results. I'm curious to 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 see what the landscape's going to look like when, you know, they they de-weed these motherfuckers out of the system. Like, w- the holes that are going to be left and just to the, when the curtains pull back and you see who's who, I, I, it's because, like, you know, you, you look at the situation that happened at the Capitol. I mean, that's a clear case of privilege because, you know, uh, African-Americans, anybody brown could not have done that. Ten Muslims couldn't have ran up in there and did no shit like that. They'd be shot before they if that was a bunch of Muslims, it would have been missiles and firebombs and everything. It's just to me, it's just like it's it's getting it's it's exhausting. Like, when is it going to just be over? When can y'all motherfuckers just just be like, why is it? <laughs> why do you have to, like, take it upon yourselves to be the fucking righteous people that want to kill? And, 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 and you guys are taking our country and all of this shit. Not not. And then at the same time, not holding the people responsible for selling your jobs overseas but you're coming after the boogeyman that is the black man or whoever they boogeyman of the day is that they create for you you know what i mean and these motherfuckers have gone off the deep end but i don't ever think it's gonna be just chill because that's not good for the power structure for all for all of us to be friends and friendly and whatever that's one two is this no matter who's ever got the food there's somebody who wants it so i don't care well first i gotta ask you who is we and who is they? And when I say they, you, you say the power structure. I don't know who the fuck they are. But the 1%, the people who, who encapsulate the bulk, it, it doesn't behoove the people who control the majority of, of, of the wealth that the people at the bottom get together, love each other, kumbaya. No. It, they don't have to love each other. They don't have to love each other. It, no, so it's actually saying. it's actually to their benefit that we don't like each other and are separated Correct. because Correct. No, I get that. If these groups ever decide to say, well, look, while we're here struggling on the bottom, that person is living off of our efforts and off of our work and off of our productivity. Like we don't need to do that. I wanted to talk about the lesson of you have to work twice as hard to get half as much. While I think that that was a very, very poignant lesson for that generation, it's not the lessons that we need to be teaching our kids now. The lessons that we need to be teaching our kids now is you work twice as hard and then build your own. Mm. Because that is the new, that we, we have an opportunity in this new environment. As you were saying, if it's, if the market is truly opening up and it's about 
how much value you are adding, build your own. Don't wait. Don't wait for the door to open. You create your own. And the economy doesn't have to be whatever, whatever your market is, doesn't have to be based on what the white world needs or wants. It can be about whatever world you exist in. What do they need? What do they want? And what can you do with that? Because you can build a multi-billion dollar industry. Because if you think about what music, it just we are the most valuable commodity America has to offer the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Black people, people of color. There is no, there is no culture without us. There is no popular culture without us. So if imagine if we owned it. So teach your children, build your own. Well, I, 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 I love what you just said. I just wanted to veggie back since you're a vegetarian. I don't want to say piggyback. Um, <laughs> I want to veggie back on what you just said. Broccoli, my <laughs> nigga. Broccoli. I appreciate that. <laughs> All kale. Um, exactly. All kale. <laughs> but we're the heartbeat and the conscience of this country. And we are the ones that keep trying to steer it in the right direction. And we're not even saying, or we're not even talking about retribution. We're talking about how do we, how do we level the playing field for everybody? So would you like, be okay that, if black people took over everything? Would you be okay with that? What do you mean take over everything? What does that mean? In other words, every off, every major office, every political party, every Congress, every everything, just black people. It's like if black no, people I, ran I, I, everything, would you be okay with that? Not, not if the assumption is that black people are um, without fault and don't have the ability to be corrupted. Like that's not that's not what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting though is that that you you have a a a large portion of the population that just wants to be treated equally is not looking for handouts that are unjust. They are looking for their government to give them reciprocity because they pay taxes, they pay their bills, they are contributing citizens. So they are looking for that type of reciprocity, but they're not looking to be, create their own fiefdom or be mini monarchs. So when you have a segment of the population that is just trying to figure out how do we live in a just society, that's your rudder. And we keep trying to steer this country in the right direction. And that's and that, and, and I don't think that's and I, I used to in college, I used to talk about, you know, black people being magical. I think we are. But that's not part of the magic. That's just part of the, the pragmatism of us that we just want to say, I want to live in a peaceful society where I can raise my kids, I can set aside some legacy for them and keep it going for all my progeny. So that's what we are. So here's a question. I have a question. And and it, so I was in a diversity meeting, God, a couple of months ago, two, three months ago. It was like 50 people and it was people of all colors. And, and somebody got up and said something and it really kind of connected with me. And they said, you know, and it, and it was all business owners. And But I think it applies to all of us. Um, and, and what she said is a woman who got up, she said, listen, um, I appreciate what everybody's doing because they were driving business. They were trying to direct business to her and whatever. She's like, listen, I, I appreciate everybody doing this. Um, she says, but do me a favor. Please don't send me business because I'm black. If you're going to send me business, please send me business because I'm good. And you believe that I'm the right person for the job. Don't just send me. I don't want your business just because you think I'm black, because that's no different than somebody else sending you business just because you're white. And I connected with it in the sense that I want to be valued based on my merit. I appreciate if there's someone who's equal to me and you're a person of color and you want to direct it to me because I'm a person of color, but don't just give it to me because I'm black. I still want to be equated on my merits. And that's basically what she was saying. But I wanted but when does that happen? When does that I, I, realistically I happen? I think she sounds like a, I think she sounds like a I think she sounds like a fucking fool. Because nobody, <laughs> nobody is giving business to someone who's not gonna do the business. Right. Let's everybody right. hold hands. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, when does that realistically ever happen that I'm just giving you business because you're black or because you're a you white? don't have to actually do the work. But no, I'm going to give you saying, a check because you're not, black. Not saying that. Not saying that. Not saying. Not saying that. But but I get what she's she saying. She has to be qualified. 
Like, why would I give you business if you're not qualified? I know people getting business right now that are not qualified. They're getting business, like what Rick said, on the strength of their relationship. It's not that they're qualified or not qualified or, right. or, or, but, or okay. are they as qualified? Are they as okay. qualified as someone but who I like what you just for said, them based on the strength of the relationship? Based on the strength of the relationship. It's not just she's a black woman and, oh, she got the business. Pause. But it's it's more about she happened to be in the right position. And if she is able to perform and 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 deliver the deliverables, then she gets to work. Like, you can't be that arrogant to right. say, don't give me the business because I'm black. Like, what? All right. So yeah, sit down. Sit down. Foolish. Go yeah. sit down and no, let somebody I kinda, else get I kinda, it. I kind of get it. I kind of get it. I kind of get it. I, I kind of double. Because you get you you'll get the business just for being white. You will get the right. business just for being exactly. white. Exactly. Although it's not spelled out that way. Right. So exactly. yeah, can if I, you want to give me in? equity, if you want to exactly. give me equity, give me the business because I am black. Yeah. Exactly. Because this is I'm what black I always... and I can do the I can do the work. Exactly. In politics, they always talk about, and I say they, the the white corporate media talk about. Black people playing uh, identity politics. Identity politics. They don't like it. They don't like it. <laughs> no. Meanwhile, white folks been playing identity politics politics forever, forever and ever. Because all you what had to be was a white man to get elected. Whether yeah, they say it or not, we're gonna vote right? for you. Exactly. So we we've seen these studies where a white sounding name gets callbacks versus black sounding names. Like they get fifty percent or seventy five percent more callbacks for an interview. Uh, Darnell, yeah, throw that in the garbage. Callback, Sharkisha, Sharkisha, yeah, throw that in the garbage. You can just shred that. I'm even, I'm not even going to talk to her. She has at least four babies. I don't want mm. any part. Lewis Fitzgerald. <laughs> All of that is identity based. Yeah. Mm. So for her to say that, I think it, it sounds good. It's it's a great part of a movie that stars Viola Davis. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in reality, you special. You beautiful. <laughs> you <use> nice. <laughs> <laughs> But in reality, she needs to take that check, build her, build up her street cred continuously, and then it's not a matter of a color; it's just a matter of she gets the work done. But on the but flip, okay, is, on the flip but side, but on the other side, is, is that, why does okay it matter? You build your okay you build your business. What on the, you, on the other side, you have to think about it. Like what you, but what you're saying you is, now, is the handout is okay. What is a handout? It, here exactly because it's Do white not, people think it's a handout. Thank you. You stole the words literally right out of my mouth, and so it's it's demonized when it's directed towards black folks. But when white folks get it, it's just normal course of business. That's craziness. <laughs> that, that is Mac, that is white. That is white supremacy at work. Here's the difference. That is white Here's supremacy at work on our the, own you know, psyche. That's, yes. I don't disagree. I don't, and I'm unpacking it as we're talking about it. So what I'm saying My is, conditioning is, has been conditioned, brother. Exactly right, right, right. So, <laughs> white people, white people feel entitled. <laughs> so if they get something, they assume that it's on their merits because they're white. Yes. When black people get it, no, not because they're white, because, because they. That's how it is. Deserve it. They they deserve it. Not because they're white. They deserve it. That be no. It's not because they necessarily deserve it. I'm attaching it to the perception of why they got it. Not why they got it, but the perception, how they perceive is why from, they got it. Wait, wait. Are you talking about from I'm, their perspective or from, from our their perspective? perspective? From their from perspective. From their perspective, they deserve it. From, from their, their perspective, perspective, they deserve they, it. They deserve it, not right. identifying that they got it because they're white. Right, right, and and we know <laughs> when we get something. Okay, no, 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 no. And what I'm saying is, is when we get something, we absolutely positively feel like we have earned it because so often we haven't gotten what we have earned and what we deserve. And we usually have had to walk through fire to get it. A thousand percent. 
in ways that they they just don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, I, anytime I go out for the job, I get it. Just all the back. Right. W- weren't you ta- wasn't it you talking about like a, a white person will apply for a job and only have 20% of the rec- of the uh, requirements and will apply anyway? But we don't do that. It's true. Right. A scientist in biology. I mean, I took <laughs> biology in high school. Got a C. I guess I can do it. Let me just apply for the <laughs> job. That's so I can make rice krispies. You know I can saying? make rice krispie cheats. How much harder can this be? I mean, I was pretty good in science in school, so I only went to the eleventh grade, but I was good when I was there. So I can do AIDS research. Why not? <laughs> well, this meth is pretty good. I'd probably make a. I'd probably make a vaccine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the corporate game, right? You f- yeah. you you have a network. You find someone who is willing to give you a chance to give you the title that you need in order to advance. Because once you get the title, you can then go to another organization and say, "Hey, I had this title. I had these responsibilities. So now I can move into another organization and say, "Boom! Give me give me these responsibilities that now moves me up from director." to uh, VP, to executive VP, to or whatever it is, to CEO while you playing. Because I know one CEO in particular who has killed two companies, but still continues to get premier opportunities. That's network. Yeah, there you go. And she does those, not think those, it's because she's white. She thinks it's because she has earned the opportunity to be in those spaces. Speaking of earning that uh, that opportunity. Hey, you. Yeah, you, Dakota 40 fan. You got a problem with us? Give us a call. 608-618-4040. Tell us how you really feel. You might end up on the show. We double, triple fucking dare you. Fuck out of here. Your boy... Joseph R. Biden. The R stands from Robinette. Did anybody know that? All right. Anyway, Robinette. Robinette. Joseph R. Biden is now our new president. Thank God we survived. How many podcasts? How many months? How many scandals? Um, And it's actually been kind of boring. Like I've been watching the news and it's almost like I'm waiting for, you know, Hulk Hogan to come out and body slam somebody. Uh, But it's been it's been real kind of laid back. But um, it almost feels like a normalization of the uh, political climate and and of just society in general. So now that we almost have some normalization um, of the political structure, what do you guys feel like that we can go from here? Can I just take a uh, moment of privilege to send shout outs to Amanda Gorman, who read that poem during the inauguration? I mm-hmm. I think she is the exact promise of this country. And I don't even think people notice or know that she has a speech impediment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I read that. Yeah. Yeah. She had, she had issues uh, with her R's pronouncing yes. her R's and that, uh, up until she was a like, late talker. Yeah. Yes. Up until recently, up until like the last couple of years, she just got over that impediment. Yeah. Not last year. Yeah. You can hear her impediment just is pronounced like she yeah. literally can't say R correctly, mm-hmm. but what she did on January 20th, it just made me feel amazing just to watch her. Mm-hmm. And then JLo tried to put in, let's get loud in her <laughs> song. And I gotta, I gotta point that out too, but I digress. Wait, hold on, hold on. When, when they said and singing in the next election, JLo, what? What? In our household, we were like, Biden, Adams was busy. Like, hold up. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't just wanted to see that ass shake. Actually, that was probably Bill's hookup. You know, can you get J Lo? Oh, oh. <laughs> Yo, we were all watching it, and I was saying to my, did she just try to sneak in? Let's get loud. And my wife was like, no, she didn't. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm just tripping. But I'm like, I think she did. And I had to go on Black Twitter to get confirmation because I was like, yo, this chick 
Let's try to sneak in. Let's get loud on the inauguration. But she was singing a totally different song. I can I don't even remember what song she was singing, but she tried to sneak it in on some remix. And I'm like, wow. Well, look, she wasn't ter- she she did okay. I mean, it was a it was a recorded track. She wasn't singing live, probably. Mm. She did okay. Like, but it's like if you were gonna have a singer come to your the 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 biggest day of your entire life. Why would you invite yeah. J Lo? Like, why would she be your first invite? Like, it's like Aretha That's Franklin really is dead. What? No, I know, but Aretha Franklin <laughs> and uh, and Betty Wright sang for sang for the Obamas. Right, right, and right. And you right. invite J Lo. Like, what the fuck? Beyonce. Yeah. Well, I, I guess he didn't want Gaga, Gaga, yeah. and, and Beyonce. Yeah. But Gaga, that was a good choice. Gaga's incredibly talented. That bird, though. The that bird, bird was a the bird. But it's yeah. Gaga. What do you expect? Come on. Like, I, you got to give Gaga a live bird on her head. She didn't wear meat. So I think we won. She had a it's bird just, that was the size a of bird. a small plane. Yeah. There were a few other singers they, they, he could have got. But, but the inauguration show overall that was hosted by Tom Hanks was a complete, if you listen to the soundtrack, it was a complete shade fest, which I thought was amazing. Like they started the whole thing with "Here Comes the Sun," and like they did a great job. I I thought the show like was Tom great. Hanks. Girl. Tom Hanks hosted the inaugural. DJ Tom Hanks. The uh inaugural show after the inauguration. I, I thought that. I oh, you gotta. Go, oh, you gotta go watch it. It's a shade fest. It's a shade fest. It's amazing. It is really? Oh, wow. oh, it was. It was. It was very light shade. Back to the. Back to the. Yes. Was it hugging? Was it? Was it crying going on? Oh. No, it wasn't that. It was just, it was like the music was like, we're coming out of the dark. <laughs> like, right. you, you can come Everything out of the dark. Everything was, fuck Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> without saying, fuck Donald without Trump. It, without right. saying that. And and then like, that's why you saw Fauci come out like, oh my God, I'm so glad I could just breathe again, breathe yeah. again. So, and, but it's been <laughs> kind of like that. So, but yeah. But anyway, Sorry, but, so but back I, to the, yeah, but, yeah. So where do we go from here? Um, yeah, where do you go from there? I think... Here's one of the positive things of the last administration is I think a lot of us are more in tune and astute as to what should be happening in politics. And we still have so much more to learn in terms of civics and what happens in uh, the legislative branch, because I just learned that uh, McConnell is holding up the Senate again, using more uh, procedural techniques. So, you know, it, they have to bring civics back to uh, the classroom because we all need to actually they probably won't because of what I'm about to say, but we all need to be educated as to what are, I guess, the mechanisms of our system. I think Kamala needs to uh, make a black bag operation and make some turtle soup. <laughs> if you if you know what I'm saying, Kamala. <laughs> turtle wow. soup. Well, well, I'll tell you this much, girl. Uh, no one's killing so me. No one's killing me. Because I just get in my shell like a teenage mutant ninja turtle, and then I my my fat neck has a lot has a gun in it. Let's authorize this black guy. Listen, they about to start a new party called the Patriot Party and split the split the the Republican vote. Down. Oh, they've they've already filed those papers, and and, and, and they're going to split the Republican Party down the middle, and we're going to have Democrats for a long, long time. So you just let them fight amongst themselves, and let's watch the carnage. So I'm you got Democrats, Republicans, and idiots. <laughs> and, indep- and, and independence, independence, and then the QAnon party. Yeah, that's going to be great. They're all going to be walking around with fucking foil on their head. I just want them all to register as QAnon, so we can like all put them in concentration camps when we get to that point. I think we should be able to do that. And everything's going to be blamed on Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I, I guess QAnon can have a certain amount of oxygen to a certain extent, but yeah, after a while, it's a fairy tale. But but fa- America is driven on fairy tales. You're right because everything we're taught is a lie. I won't. Yeah, like I mean, that's what we do. That's what we do. Ooh, that's what I do. But at at some point, the oxygen is going to be exhausted, and that and notice what's happening with Trump. Like the news is still trying to revive him because they know that his name is clickbait. 
but he's not he going really anywhere. Kind of disappeared, and it's only been a week. No, he's not disappeared. Everyone's reloading their guns. It's about everyone's about to come for him. No, mm-hmm. I mean, coming. no, no, people it's are, but coming. I'm just saying in terms of his his uh, virality and his ability to oh, his yeah, virality. He's, he's, sort of been, yeah. he's sort of been neutered. He oh, has. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That was, that's very intentional. I mean, I, his his biggest weapon was Twitter, right? Because he it was would just say some wild, he would say some wild shit on Twitter, and everybody would pay attention to what he said, right? Right. And now, right. now he now he can't do that. But his next his next performance is going to be him walking in and out of courts. Like yeah. this is going to be his whole life walking in and out of courtrooms. What is he doing? With lawsuits. I think he's going to be on criminal charges every day talking shit every day on his own network. He's going to figure it out every day. He's going to be the new Alex Jones. He's going to get out there every day. What's he going to do with his I agree. I agree with Howard Stern is if you thought running the country was hard, try running a media company. I look at Parler. Look at Parler. He's not going to be able to. He's not a business person. We just talked about mediocrity. This is who he is. He is he, he is the poster child of mediocrity. He's not going to be able to do it. And j- just like he wasn't able to run a successful pres- presidential uh, term. This dude is a fraud in every sense of the word. He's a charlatan. He's a charlatan. He's a, he's he's a, a charlatan. He's, a, <laughs> he's as good as his stakes. Yeah. He's as good as his stakes. Yeah. His university. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, the funny thing is I have a really good friend that used to work for Trump University really <laughs> yeah 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 when we first started hanging out she worked at Trump University <laughs> when we thought it was actually something legitimate you should have a call to show as a Trump University uh, representative and, t- and try to solicit us <laughs> to sign up that would be funny I don't think she worked in the call center, but <laughs> all right. I'm I'm excited about this week's libation. This week's libation. I'm drinking this bottle called Lip Service. Oh, who's oh. that on the bottle? They have. Looks like Kerry Washington. It's not Kerry Washington, but. This bottle is sexy as all get out. So it's it's put out by a uh, company called Savage and Cook. And I bought this bottle, which is lip service. And the other bottle is Second Glance. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. First of all, this bottle is sexy as all get out. I'm not going to know exactly when I'm about to finish it because it's an all black bottle. But the price point is great. I uh, encourage you guys to go drink it. It's a whiskey. Um, it's about, yeah, it's about, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a rye whiskey. Uh, it's about $36, I think. Okay. Do they make anything else outside of the rye? Yeah, they got a bunch of drinks. So if you look up Savage and Cook, they've got one called The Burning Chair. And what was the other one? Uh, Second Glance. Yeah. Well, so go get it, you guys. Well, what this you, week, drinking, I'm man. drinking $17.92. I've been drinking ah. that for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I see. The Coquito mm. Kid lives. Yes. I'm drinking that uh, Rittenhouse again. It kills. Definitely kills. AR-15. Too soon? I don't know. But you know what? That reminds me. I said that... Um, what were the shoes that OJ was wearing? Damn it, man. Bruno Mogli's. Yeah. Yes. I said that they should have come out with a campaign that said killer shoes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you Everybody absolutely was. need to walk softly. <laughs> <Killer shoes>. uh, <laughs> when you positively absolutely have to get away with murder. Yeah. Bruno Mogley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about the traction on these Bruno Mogli that gives you the torque. <laughs> just swing that knife and cut her head off within inches of her fucking arteries. Bruno Mogli. For a night on the town or a road trip. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I like that. Night on the town or a road trip. Killer shoes. Bruno Mogli. <laughs> Mac, what are you drinking? I am back in the game again with the alcohol. I'm drinking Elijah Craig just to get it started. Small batch. Um, mm, but right. I, I am looking into something that one of my liquor guys put me onto called 19 Crimes. It's a wine, but one of the bottles has Snoop on it and they have an app. And when you hold the phone up to the bottles, it tells you a com- it plays a complete video and story about every bottle of wine that you buy. So I'm looking forward to opening this yeah. and uh, checking it out. Um, I worked on a production um, about crimes and I found that I found that bottle at uh, at a at a uh, wine store when I went to the watch party, and it was it was a hit because you you download the app and you point the app at the bottle, mm-hmm. and yeah. the guy the guy on the bottle talks. He tells yeah. you his story through the app. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really kind of cool. It, it was it was a dope concept. Um, the Walking yeah. Dead has a similar uh, bottle line as well. That's dope. It's it's red wine. Do we have an app? We got to find an app that store these these uh, bottles we drink so we can comment on. We should be doing it on Instagram, but you know. Yeah. We need an intern. Yeah. But if you want to be an intern or you just want to leave a comment, give us a call 608-618-4040. 608-618-4040. And that's our show, fellas. What did we learn today? Did we learn anything? Or did we just learn that we're still locked in the house? 2021. Basically. And there's a beep in the background. Okay. <laughs> I learned that somebody's backing up. Exactly. Baby stuff going on. Baby stuff going on. All right, guys. So that's been our show for this week. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Decoding 40. I'm Mac AK, Mr. Rock. Make sure you check out the show every Friday and come hang out with us Monday nights at 11 p.m. for the live on both YouTube and Facebook. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bada bing. Peace. Decoding 40.